There'd be a lot of poop in my case. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big mm-hmm. abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Welcome back to Crips the Corn Podcast. I am the great and powerful Mr. E. And I am Jay's clone, Jay. <laughs> that's funny you said that because it's just like, that's going to be one of the reviews we're going to read in a minute. Uh, well, yeah, welcome back. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for the constant support. Uh, we were just talking before this episode, we are gobsmacked by the level that we've reached already. And we greatly appreciate every one of you. Gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. Yeah. Is that a real word? I, I'm not 100% sure. But I like it. But Gobstoppers are real. Oh, you're right. Oh. Uh, but no, thank you guys. Uh, international shows. like We've started doing cross-promotion with some international shows and stuff like that you'll hear in a couple weeks. It's amazing, uh, the level. It just We appreciate you guys, and I just wanted to say that. Our friends in Australia. We're, mm-hmm. we've just been elated. I'm working on a couple European shows, too. Yeah. Uh, but getting to the front of house stuff, just like always, I try to make it as quick as possible. We have the live show. That's April 22nd, Post Town Elementary in Middletown, Ohio. We're doing the Hillbilly Horror Stories. Uh, we're each doing like an hour show. There's an, a couple mm-hmm. hours before and a couple hours hour after to hang out. Get your tickets in the link below. It'll be fun. It's going to be a ball. Looking forward to meeting you guys. You, you guys come. Uh, we're going to hang out afterwards at a local bar, and we're going to get hammered together. So That sounds like a fantastic thing. Yeah. Oh, ask some of our guys on Facebook that have met us at other conferences and stuff like that and <laughs> got us absolutely hammered. It's happened. Oh, yeah, you know who you are. Uh, new shows. We have, a, uh, we have a bunch of new shows in the network. You know, we have a comedy podcast. We have a fishing podcast. We have a, we produce a conspiracy podcast. And I feel like, and an, then I have a wildlife an, podcast. Yep. An uh, animal podcast. An anim, in, animal. Animal. Is that your Russian accent? Animal. Yes. Oh, animals. Links are below. Uh, we have two YouTube giveaways running right now when this episode comes out. So please get in on both of those. One is sponsored by I Know Squatch, uh, Rick Rallis. Uh, it's He gave us a whole bunch of books to give away, so get on that. Mm-hmm. The other one, Encounter Quest. We're giving away two free tickets to Encounter Quest. Which is going to be freaking awesome. Yep, and we're going to talk about that here in just a second. But So get on that real quick, because that ends March 3rd. That one does. So soon. So soon. So yeah, get up on that so you can get free tickets. Yeah, this yeah this ain't coming. Yeah. This is, yeah. It's coming out soon, guys. Yeah, so please. It's this week. The, the episode, the, when this comes out, it ends this week. So yeah. please get on that. Uh, speaking of Encounter Quest, we also running the Encounter. We're speakers at Encounter Quest. You get to choose what we vote for or what we speak about. You get to vote. Yeah, you get to vote what we speak about. So the link for that is also below. Uh, our first event of the year is just around literally this weekend, Frogman Fest. 
So if you're coming out to that, let us know. Gosh, We're going to have a ball. I came so fast. I know. That four months off did not feel like it, did it? No. Uh, but yeah, if you're coming to a show, once again, let us know. And real quick, if you're going to contact us, if you want to hang, like if you just want to say something to us, please use our uh, contact us by email. I'm not scheduling through Instagram or Facebook anymore. It just got too complicated. So if you have a story you want to share on the show, stuff like that. Speaking of which, in a few weeks, what did I say earlier? March 20th? Yes. March 20th. By March 20th. If you guys have an encounter you would like to type up and send to us, we would like to do an episode that's just listener encounters. Mm -hmm. It could be cryptid. It could be paranormal. It could be UFO. It could just be something plain strange. Strange and weird. If we get enough of them, I'll do two, we'll do a two-parter with it. Yeah. Uh, but we would love to do this. We have enough of you guys now. We think it's, you know, it's, we can do it. So please, uh, that's cryptids of the corn podcast at gmail.com is the email to use for that. It'll be in the below. But yeah, if you have a story, please submit it. Uh, yeah, did I miss anything with that part? No, I think it's well covered. Let's get to reviews. Once again, if we get five star reviews, Ooh. we love to share them. We got new ones? Yeah, we got four, five ish new ones. Okay, let's hear them real quick. We'll talk about the fifth one here in a minute. Okay. Uh, but by Date, I think that's how you're going to say it. Well, that's how I'm going to say it. Date, the title is First Class. I'm a truck driver and a listener, or listen to a lot of podcasts. This show is one that, of the few that hold my interest. So thank you. Yes. Hi, a high compliment from a truck driver. Thank you. And I know we have quite a few truck driver listeners, so thank you guys for keeping America running. Oh, yes, it's very true. I mean, we do have a lot. I know we have a lot. And it's a big part of almost all of the base podcasts is say, truck yeah. drivers. Right, yeah. I mean, you're in a truck. That's your office. The most time I listen to stuff anyways is when I'm driving. 100%. I happen to work at a job where I can listen to podcasts for half my shift. Yeah. But, you know, most people can't. Right, it's true. So it's, you know, it, we greatly appreciate our truck driving audience. This is from... The next one's from Acura, almost like the car, but not quite. Okay. Um, the real J. Oh, the title is "Will the real, the real J please stand up?" <laughs> the uh, the comment is "Love this podcast, and I really enjoy DW from the other show that they host or help host sometimes." But more importantly, Jay was swapped out with clones. We need to beat him up and get until the real J is set free. Free J. And underneath, he says, seriously, guys, great show. Thank you. Hashtag free J. Free J. If you guys don't know what that is, listen to the Floating Mushroom Show. There you go. Yes. Uh, next one, uh, the title is, so this is from John the Newf. So I'm going to, the Newf, like Newfoundland. Okay. So John the Newf. Uh, title is great show. And he says, I listen to a lot of paranormal cryptid podcasts, and this is a great show. Not many tangents or long intros. Very knowledgeable. I don't know about that. I think he's lying to you because we have long <laughs> intros and a lot of tangents. But, John, thank you. Yeah, thank you, John. And this uh, this last second and last one is from James Weasley Blues. Ooh. Nice podcast. Was introduced to you fellows through Tony Merkel, and I'm a regular listener now. Very informative. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you, James. Thank you, James, and thank you, Tony. Yeah, thank you, Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony. Yeah. We love Tony. If anybody don't know, and I doubt you don't know, but Tony from The Confessionals. Right. Uh, he's a, a good fella. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Call him a good person. He right. loves it. Yeah. Not really. Don't call him that. <laughs> uh, so Jitters Horror Podcast left a review. It was five stars, uh, but they were a little confused about the new show called The Floating Mushroom Show. 
Yes. They thought that that was going to be the new format of our Cryptids of the Corn podcast. Oh, gotcha. So it was a very long review, and I greatly appreciate it, Jitters. Uh, but so I'm just going to explain a little bit of confusion. That is not the new format of the show. The show will not be changing in any way, shape, or form. We are still doing our normal Monday, Wednesday episodes, just yep. like how me and Jay do them. That is just an extra thing that you can listen to if you'd like. Right, yeah. So that's a podcast we do with uh, Joel and Sean from the Kill, Kill the Mockingbirds. Mockingbirds podcast, which uh, is great. It's it's a lot of fun, but yeah. it's different than our normal show. So if you don't like it, For you sure. don't have to listen to it. We're just friends with those guys, and we really... Uh, we hang yeah. out anyways, so yeah. it's just like, might as well put on a mic, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you guys do not have to listen to that. It is not, but don't worry. The normal show is not changing in any way, shape, or form. Right, we're still here. Just wanted to make that. And I jitters. I greatly appreciate the comment and the concern. And yeah, the new the the normal show is not going anywhere. And if you have a topic for us jitters, you want us to talk about, send us something. Yeah, listen to George, uh, Jitters Horror Podcast. I'll give. There's your free shout out. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so I got my mushroom hat last week. Uh, thank you guys. A lot of you submitted that you wanted to make it, and it got made pretty quick, so thank you. That's awesome. Now, round two. Jay wears a tinfoil hat at cryptic conferences. And it's not like it's just a normal... It's not a normal tinfoil hat. It's what a, is it? It's just an old fishing hat that I covered in tinfoil. So I thought <laughs> it would be a nice way to throw it out to you guys to kind of have a contest who can make the best Jay tinfoil hat. And I'm imagining everything from top hats to like fezzes to all kinds Ooh. of stuff. Oh, that would be cool. Like so a Russian, like, yeah. Once again, the foil. same the same thing stands. If we if you make one and we work out how you send it to us and stuff like that, we will send you a big care package in exchange. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. We we will make it worth your while. Oh yeah. Uh, the guys that made my mushroom hats, hi Spencer, hi Spencer's wife. I never got her name, but she's the one that <laughs> made it. Uh, we greatly appreciate it, and their package is on the way. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I just wanted to say Patreon, you know, once again, we got Patreon. I have no new Patreons this week. It's been a long time since we haven't had a new Patreon member, but I just wanted to say we've been doing a lot more Hangouts. I've been working with that a lot better. Uh, just getting on Discord and just hanging out with everybody and just sitting like when I'm working on scripts and stuff like that. It's fun too. Yeah. And it's a ball. And yeah. you get guys from Australia, you got guys from Europe, you know, it's just fun to sit and talk. It's very unique. Oh yeah. And we appreciate those guys. Oh yeah. That is enough front of the house stuff. Done talking about front of the house. All right, good. Yeah, I know. Friggin' <laughs> front of the house stuff. I don't want to talk about today's topic. Oh, good. Let's get in the back of the house. The bloop. Ooh, part? Duh. Yeah, we've already done an episode of the bloop. Yeah. And when I did this episode, I was under a misconception. And this, you know, I was under a misconception that the bloop was pretty standalone. It's not. So there's multiple bloops? Uh, Yeah. Like different creatures or different well species. Or why don't you hold that to the end? Okay, I'm just multiple to... strange sounds. There we go. That could have organic or, or origins. Origins, but they keep claiming for ice quakes. And I'm going to go over the bloop again. Just those dang ice quakes. And I want to be. I want to. We're going to get to ice quakes. Well, I think we already did it in the last. I, but one. I want to retouch it because yeah. I have five or four more sounds for you. What did? They, but do they have new evidence that ice quakes are actually real? No, that's what I thought. It's like saying I don't know uh, swamp gas. Swamp gas. But ice once quakes. again, in 1997, the bloop was heard on the hydrophones across the Pacific. It was a low, ultra low, or it was a loud, sorry, ultra low frequency sound that was heard from listening stations underwater from up to 
5,000 kilometers apart. And one of the most mysterious noises picked up by the note or the note by Noah. Several articles in the following years have proposed that the bloop may be or an organism in origin. Others state that it was an ice quake <laughs> or volcanic activity. Okay, I can get down with volcanic activity a little bit, but ice quake, come on. And we're gonna here we're gonna play the bloop again for you. So I have a lot of sounds to play, so please be forgiving with the audio technical difficulties. And if you haven't listened to Bloop Part One, just go pause go back now you don't have to pause but make sure you listen to it at least after this episode or something all right so you guys ready for the bloop it's going to play a couple times what it's going to do first is a sped up version so the bloop is a very long sound uh so the first thing that it's name up is 16 times speed mm-hmm. and it goes bloop and you're going to hear it here in a second bloop. when you hear the actual sound and this is what people miss a lot they hear that first sound you're going to hear and think that's the how the sound was recorded. Mm-hmm. No, that's a sped up one so humans can hear it properly. Six, 16 times. 16 times speed. This one, it's very Jurassic Parky when yeah. you actually hear the sound. Like it's, oh, are we ready? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm ready. So that's a fast one. Remember, that's at 16 times the speed. So, there it was again. Hope I didn't talk over that one. Here's normal. Oh, no, sorry. That's 8 speed. There we go. There it was again. What's those other noises in the background? Background noise. What speed is that? Is that the same eight speed? Yeah. It's getting to it. This is from Noah's website. Here it is. on for several minutes. I'm going to let it play for a little bit. Sounds like an alien robot. Godzilla's upset tummy. Oh, need some a giant bottle of Pepto-Bismol. Okay. You know, funny Once you again, said- we played this several times in the original episode, so we're not going to focus too much on the bleep right. today. Funny you said that, though, because my stomach has made that noise once. But it really does. So mo- uh, this is one of the biggest arguing audio files on the planet because a lot of people think it is very, very, very organic in nature. It's super loud, though. And I'm telling you, 5,000 kilometers apart, it was heard. Mm-hmm. So, and this was, you know... Uh, right around where the Cthulhu's house was said to be, Point Nemo, stuff like that. So this is in the southern end of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah, just off the coast of uh, South America. And that, that and not just off the coast. It's in the middle. It's about halfway between right. uh, South America and Australia and then down towards Antarctica. Yeah, I, I guess, okay, not southern co- southern tip and just go straight yes. west. Like yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. That's kind of what it's, it is. Yeah, Point Nemo, if anybody doesn't know what Point Nemo is, it is the furthest you can be away from any human on the planet. Mm. Uh, most of the time when you're at Point Nemo, the closest human is in the International Space Station. Mm. Isn't that insane? 
That's insane. And fun fact, International Space Station isn't in space. It's in the upper layers of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, but any, Except yeah. that one listener we have that's out in the middle of the ocean or somewhere. But that's this is about where they're at. Yeah, ain't that they're, weird? They're in that little island. The, the bloop, whoever's... The bloop is a listener. Is a listener to the show. Well, here's your second special. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's very organic. People argue... The big thing is that people claim this is an ice quake. And like we kind of were hinting at earlier, an ice quake has never been documented. It is like the UFO field saying everything is swamp gas. The closest thing to an ice quake is like when we were ice fishing, staying out in the lake and the ice lifts. That's what they're saying it is. Yeah, on a massive scale. But they're saying the whole Antarctic ice sheet. Yeah. I mean, that would be... That would be loud. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But... It's never been documented. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is 1997, and these dates and these locations are very important. We're going to keep going through, and some of these are very long sounds, so I'll just play excerpts of them. Uh, the website, uh, it's mentalfloss.com, has all these that are nicely compiled, right, where you yeah. can just kind of skip around and play them. Play all the sounds, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not like the source. If of we just these, played but... the sounds, it would be about an hour and a half. Oh, sweet. So we're not going to play all the sounds, and they're full in their entirety. Right, right, exactly. Like... The next one we're going to talk about, if you're ready, is the upsweep. A really cool sound. Uh, I didn't know about any of these till doing this research. I literally heard another podcast talking about uh, the last one we're going to talk, or not the last one, second to last one, Julia. And I was like, oh, that's neat. I didn't know there was more. Mm-hmm. And then there was a whole bunch. A whole bunch and more. <laughs> a lot of people that talk about the bloop kind of are under the same impression the bloop was a singular event. And I think it's kind of pushed that it was. Okay. It is definitely not. Oh, okay. So it's like pushed in, not in media, but like online. The narrative is pushed that the bloop is just this one time. The occurrence. one sound, it happened like, so. So whenever you Google bloop or, I don't know. It's, it's, it's this just, one sound. Just that one thing, but, but just more. No, it's been very active. Mm, okay. So the upsweep is one of our earliest ones. Uh, so the upsweep is an unidentified sound that existed in the late, or at least since the Pacific Marine Environmental Laboratory began recording SOSUS is the name of the system. An under one underwater surve- sound surveillance system listing stations around the world. So they have them in every oceans. It's the precursor to the thing that caught the bloop. Okay. Uh, and this and this began in 1991. The sound uh, consists of a long train like of narrow bands of upsweeping sounds, several seconds duration each. The laboratory reports the source location is difficult to identify, but it's definitely in the Southern Pacific. Somewhere around the halfway point between Australia and South America. So keep in mind what I just say about the bloop. Right. Same area. The upsweep changes with the seasons, becoming loudest in the spring and autumn, though this isn't quite clear. The leading theory by most scientists is related to volcanic activity. Now, two things with this. It's heavenly seasonally influenced. Mm-hmm. Almost in the summer, it almost it almost stops. Okay. Like it doesn't it doesn't talk for weeks at a time. Now would that be summer like our summer or the summer. southern hemisphere summer? Southern hemisphere summer, okay. our winter. Okay. Uh, so it stops talking. Okay. And then it gets really loud in the early spring and really loud in the fall. Hmm. Or active. Migration? But I was going to tell you something right now about the second thing. Yeah? Volcanoes aren't seasonal. Come on. Yes, they are. I don't know who... I. I, you know me, I go behind science a lot. You're right. I use a lot of science. I don't know who said 
this theory that it's volcanic activity and just happens to be seasonal. Come on. Since 1991, this thing hasn't shut up. There's two things I know 100% for sure that are seasonal. Two things. One's volcanic activity. Two is ice quakes. They're both very seasonal. They're both very seasonal. So I'm going to play the upsweep for you. Okay. They migrate, you know. It's just the way it goes. (laughs) They migrate. This is a very loud song, so we're going to... Okay, question. Is any of this... Spe- this is the first time I've ever heard this. This is normal. That's normal speed. So it's hard... To, it's it's kind of hard to tell, but it starts low and it gets high and it's like... Ah, I know ah, what this is. Ah. Almost like a chainsaw. Anybody's ever heard a chainsaw? But imagine a chainsaw that's heard over thousands of miles apart. I know what this is. This is louder than most blue whales. This is the opening to the pits of hell. That And these are the screaming <laughs> souls coming out. Save that for the explanations. I just... Anyone that's, listening could figure that that's out. That's one of the explanations. Well, Th- that's the gate. Wait, so is the gate seasonal? <laughs> is that, do you hear it? how it starts and goes up? Oh, yeah. So with this sound, anything the, the rain kind of sound you hear, that's the background noise. Right. So just right. listen to that. Rah, yeah. Rah. It, uh, that's what's a- called the upsweep. Is it starts really low and it gets really high pitch. Do currents and stuff uh, under the ocean, whatever, change in this during for the season or? Yeah, somewhat. Yeah, not in this part of the ocean. And as far as my knowledge goes, I'm not an oceanographer. So, yeah. but yeah, some parts of the ocean can be heavily seasonal. But there are other things that are associated with seasons that are, when we get to explanations, you may be quite surprised. Okay. But is, this is another one that's argued to be heavily organic. So how do they get the, or, how do they know it's an organic sound? So you, this thing that, I, everybody at home can't see it, but this is called a spectrograph. Yeah. You can see sound. So organics kind of always fit a similar pattern or can fit a very similar pattern. So once you take, like you take away the volume... And you look at it like that. Right. And you're like, okay, that's a very organic pattern. Okay. So that's kind of what they're looking at when they're saying organic. Okay. Uh, you know, nobody knows. There's animals that make very inorganic sounds, and there are things that make very organic sounds that aren't organic. Is there anything, for like example, that's a, one that makes an inorganic sound off the top of your head? Liar birds. Okay. So liar birds can actually like trick uh, like some electronic recording technologies as like chainsaws and like car alarms and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. But there are so and then there's uh, the siren bird of Africa is the loudest land animal on the planet. So a blue whale hits like and I may be a little wrong this, but like 140 decibels. Okay. Which it, is, it gets over that? Yeah, the liar or these uh, siren birds hit like 210. Dang. 
yeah, they're like the size of chickadees. Yeah, where the heck does that sound come from? So that's going to come back in later. Okay. That you can have a very loud sound and not be very big. Oh, okay. So that's kind of something people forget. Hmm. Is that you could just be really good at making sound. Yeah. And if you sit if you're sitting in an area that might like project the sound even bigger. You're in the biggest acoustrophone on the planet. Acoustrophone? I can't say it right. Is that a real word? If not, it's, I like it. It's a acoustic yeah. phone, like hydrophone. Okay. But yeah, acoustophone. I, I can't say it. We said it I in think, Loch Ness. I think you're doing good. Acoustophone. Yeah, I can't say it. It magnifies sound. Right. Yeah. It sounds good enough to me. Do you want some more of this before we move on? Just um, a little more. Let's give them a little sure, more. Just a little more taste of it. It's scary. Sounds just like a dinosaur. Like Godzilla waking up. Like. And do you hear what I'm telling you is the sound? Oh, yeah. Okay, not the rain. Like all that static? Yeah, no. It goes for hours at a time without it's... taking a break. It does not seem, if you guys look into this, and you want, there's hundreds of hours of con- consistent, not repeated mm-hmm. audio of this. It doesn't, it, it seems very animalistic because it goes for like 15, 20 minutes at a time, sometimes up to an hour, and then it takes a break. Mm, does like not seem volcanic mm-hmm. and the, the option that people say for the volcanic stuff is it's building up uh like hydrothermic pressure and stuff like that and then it releases the pressure so it takes a while for it to build back up i'm just saying that's the other side of it i'm being fair right i'm trying to like wrap so my like, mind around think that. about like uh old faithful yeah yeah oh yeah so old faithful is very explosive for a short period of time yep. and then takes recharge and then it builds 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 and, and there's in old faithful is very regular there's more that have like that are much more irregular you could almost say it's faithful (laughs) (laughs) it's been a while since we used that button Mm -hmm. i kind of forgot i was hoping i was gonna hit the right one (laughs) funny all right you ready for the next one (laughs) yes this one's called the whistle this was recorded in july 7th 1997 and only one hydrophone of the underwater microphone used by uh, Noah again picked it up. The location is unknown. It's very limited information, but uh, it's very speculative what the source is. But it seems like it's coming from the Southern Pacific. But this is very different than the other noises. So if we're talking about organics, mm-hmm. the other ones would be a broadcast, and this one would be directional. What do you mean? What's that mean? So you would have sounds that are just being pushed out in every direction. Which That's how, like, broadcast. when we talk about the upsweep and the bloop, yeah, they were pushed out in every direction. That's why the bloop was heard five thousand, you know, kilometers away. Yeah, and the upsweep was heard thousands of kilometers away. Mm-hmm. This seems very directional because only one hydrophone picked it up, but it was still an incredibly loud sound. Okay, gotcha. So it's pointing in one direction. Where, yeah, wherever more like this sound. so whales do both. Whales have a big deep throat, you know, it, like when they, they're talking through their throat, they're kind of putting sound out everywhere. But they also have the, the sperm steady in their head to aim it. Okay. Hmm. All I know is these sounds remind me of playing the game Subnautica. Oh, 100%. And the first time I ever played that, it just go you go deep where you it's dark. The bloop is in Subnautica, the sound. It, oh, is it? Yeah, it's in one of the backgrounds. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. All right, you ready for the whistle? Yeah. Where is it? 
So it it's, may have been hard to hear. I'm going to turn it up louder this time. It was hard to hear. It's just this out. Very whale-like. Yeah. That's my impression of it. Okay. It's also my Bigfoot impression. Ready? I turned it up just so everybody at home knows. I think you need to go back just a little bit. So that's it. I know that one's quiet, but it's incredibly loud again. Yeah. Louder and, than any documented that, animal. That one, it looks like there it said sped up 16 times as well, like the bloop was. Yeah, it is. So that one's a sped up version of it. So It's like 25 minutes long normally. So it's like... Like a big long train whistle. Yeah. Really long. Okay. Here's a really weird one. Okay. We're going to do Julia. That's what it's called, Julia? Mm-hmm. Julia was recorded March 1st, 1999. It lasted for roughly 15 seconds. It was loud enough to be heard by the entire equilateral Pacific Ocean hydrophone array. And an Arctic iceberg had run aground is the leading uh, source for skeptics of the source of the sound. This is the loudest sound. This puts the bloop out of the water for the set level of the noise. So Julia's so larger than the keep bloop. in mind, this is... Tens of thousands of miles wide. Yeah. But all in this Pacific Ocean yeah. so far. Yeah. Specifically the spot, same spot. Yeah. Hell. Okay, I'm going to turn it down. Yeah, because this might be like loud. And then we'll go AF. Back. Okay, so 1999. Here we go. Oh, gosh. It's called Julia. You don't have to read it. They I can just, they can be into it. stretch to get hey julia out of it but it's it's a very that's the first one that sounds more like a creature than the bloop even does like it definitely that definitely sounds, sounds like an like, elephant yeah something like that sounds like something it's weird julia is my favorite but keep in mind this was not like the bloop where the bloop is heard by several high or of these this pacific uh array sonar array uh five thousand kilometers apart this was heard by the entire array they go around the whole rim of the Pacific Ocean. Hmm. Everyone, the one in Alaska picked it up. This Holy is, this is from Antarctica. Now, I get it, like, sound travels through... Better th- better through water than through air, yes, 100%. But still, that is a long Keep mind, blue distance. whales, so let's look at blue whales. They talk about 1,000 miles apart, so like 1,500 kilometers. That's a, that's a lot. So this, But this is tens of thousands of miles. Yeah, not even close to... 
I mean, a blue whale's not even close to this. No. That's insane. And it sounds like an animal. Yeah, very much. I got one more for you before we get into some fun stuff. Yeah. This is the slowdown. Slowdown was first recorded in May 19, 1997. It is also credited to being an iceberg running aground like Julia. Although some people insist that it might be giant squids. No idea why. I don't get that. But they insist. The sound <laughs> lasts for over seven minutes, generally decreasing in frequency, hence the name slow down. Like the upsweet sound is heard periodically since it was initially detected. So upsweet is still being detected to this day. So is slow down. Okay. Uh, heavily seasonal again. Hmm. So this once again points to volcanic activity. And ice quakes activity. Ice quakes. I think so. It's very paint. It's very loud is the problem. Okay. But that's a, it starts really loud. Lo- um, it's the exact opposite of upsweep. These just put me into a, a thought. I don't I don't know if it's possible. Do they have like live streams or sounds of these microphones in the I don't ocean? think so. They need to do that because it's a genius idea to put people to sleep. I would listen to that to go that's to like bed. A, but that's a monster screaming. For some reason, it's very calming. Let's listen to it some more. Very odd. There's something so calming about it, though. It's, it's weird. Ex- it's extremely odd. The yeah. sound. It is. Uh, yeah. But it's it's faint. It almost sounds like like it's hard to distinguish it though, just from the background. Like, you gotta really listen. I'm hoping yeah. at home it, it comes through. So you know, you guys in your car or whatever, you can turn it up. Yeah. But it's very loud again. It's ext- it's it's just crazy. How how far away was this one heard? Did you say it already? Uh, about a thousand miles. Okay. Okay. Still not the Julia. So far, my favorite is the Julia sound. Yeah, Julia's definitely. But this goes on forever. This is like a very long form sound. Yeah. Yeah. I This one I don't. I mean, it's cool, but I just don't care for it as much unless I'm going to bed. So how big of fish or animals do you think it takes to make sounds of this level? Well, like you just blew my mind earlier. I don't think. I guess apparently it doesn't take nothing that big. You just have to have the right 
uh, I don't know, anatomy or makeup to do it. So before we get into some possible explanations, and I want to say this, that we're going to talk about some really loud fish. Ooh. Fish. Oh, wait, there's the bullet shrimp. That's not a fish. But is it still, it makes loud sounds, right? Yeah, but it's not a fish. Yeah, close enough. It's in, it lives in the ocean. And, yeah, it's not a fish. <laughs> so there's volume and then there's pitch. So that's kind of the thing. They make a high pitch, like a, a really like like a bull, like a bullet going off, but it's not super loud because it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this would take a creature being able to do both. Okay. So there are some fish we're going to talk about, which are the loudest fish on the planet. Is a pigfish one of them? Mm-mm. No. Gulf cor- corvée. Corvée. There we go. That's how you say it. Gulf corvée. Uh, anybody? Anybody familiar with like Florida fish or anything like that? They look like uh, Carvals, Jack Carvals, Corvée or a cousin of them. Uh, it's a really common beach fish and stuff you catch. They're like the big beach fish. Okay. Not like tarpon or nothing like that, but they well, get like 50 pounds. Okay. I'm looking it up really quick just because. Uh, but these fish. Uh, okay. Let me just read. These fish emit a thumb of seductive calls to attract females during their breeding periods. Keep in mind what we were talking about earlier. Some of these sounds be heavily seasonal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so these these Gulf Carrier are a species of croaker, uh, which once again are all over the bo- all the oceans. They're so like they're related to like redfish, crevals, stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to get to so an individual has been recorded as loud as 177 decibels. A jet taking off is 160. Oh dang! Okay. A group of them, so this is where their power comes in. Yeah. Is that when they school and they start doing these sounds, Yeah, it gets immensely louder. Okay. The biggest one we've actively recorded of a chorus of these guys trying to attract females is 202 decibels. But some studies put them up to 220. That's pretty big. And they're uh, basically, they'd be gra- background moist for thousands of miles. The frequency emitted by these golf are strong enough to damage the hearing of sea lions, dolphins, and even whales. Wow, that's saying something. So some studies put it that they evolved these loud breeding calls to help protect them during their breeding season. Hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, it would like liquefy anything that came closer to trying to attack them, it's any predators. Yeah, so there's, they're still listed as a vulnerable species. Uh, they're overfished by humans. Uh, anyways, but they're extremely loud fish. I'm going to play their noises for them. Keep in mind, remember the bloop and everything you heard earlier? Yeah. And how sometimes they don't sound organic, but I tell you they are. Right, right. Because these fish do not sound organic. Oh, really? Yeah. You're going to think these are trains and stuff. And this could be an explanation for, like, bloop-type creatures, whatever they are. Like, it could just be a deep-sea school of whatever, you know, um, that's undiscovered because we mapped so little the ocean or explored so little the ocean and the species in there. So here's the chorus. So this is a bunch of them together. Okay. So it just sounds like a crowd, right? Yeah, basically. That is 202 decibels. So it's very loud. You would be deaf forever. Yeah. This is loud enough to hurt the hearing and the echolocation abilities of whales, dolphins, and sea lions and stuff like that. Okay. 
Hmm. And they just record these things on these hydrophone thing? Yeah, they, they were purposely targeting these schools of fish. Oh, gotcha. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The species in particular. Yeah. Now, here's just one swimming by. Okay. One individual animal. You know what that sounds like to me? Hmm. Sounds almost exactly like a cat purring. Exactly, yeah. or like like something caught in the spokes of a wheel, or something like that. Yeah, it doesn't sound organic to a lot of people. Oh shoot, really? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, really, in the chorus of them, really doesn't. Uh, they thought it was something. It, it, they're super loud, but there's uh, toadfish on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, actually, driving people to commit suicide that oh, have to live on boats because their breeding calls reverberate the halls of ships. Yeah. And it literally blows out your eardrums. Oh, I was going to say it wasn't like an infrasound kind of thing. Kind of, a little bit. Okay. Uh not not infrasound directly, but no, it's it's similar thing gotcha. where this frequency just what happens to hit these ship halls and drives people insane. Hmm. And these toadfish are like the size of a pop can. Oh, it's nuts. But there's hundreds of thousands of them. Yeah. All doing the sound together. Huh. So when we start talking about these possible explanations, it's important. So how do these fish make these sounds? So they actually have uh, muscle groups around their swim bladders, and they kind of squeeze their swim bladders to make sounds like an instrument. So we actually even found out species like piranha in the freshwater communicate with each other using their swim bladders. Really? Yeah. So this is the males making these calls to attract females. And the byproduct, whether it's on purpose or not, evolutionarily on purpose or not, yeah, is that it helps protect them while they're breeding. Okay, so wards off other things and yeah, attracts... Yeah, nothing wants to get close to these guys when they're breeding. Gotcha. Because there's hundreds of thousands of them, and they're all louder than a jet. Hmm. Makes sense. That's a good uh, That's a good defense mechanism. Yeah, I mean, it really is. They're very, incredible, they're very incredible creatures. <coughs> Excuse me. But, once again, that's loudness. Or that's, you know, the, the pitch. Okay. That's not the volume. Nothing. That's not the, the amplitude okay. being produced. So they still are not recorded... Hundreds or even thousands of miles away. Okay. So once again, we have these incredibly loud creatures, but their sound kind of stops. They have the power. It's kind of a hard thing. Yeah, it's hard to, to explain. rationalize. They have the power to make the loud, but not the power to push it. To, yeah, to project it out. Yeah. Like I know people like that and just people. Yeah, sure, their voice is loud, but you get them from a crowd, you can't hear Projection. them. Projection. And then there's other people that they can talk over a crowd like it's nothing so it's all about volume and projection yeah they have the volume but they don't have the projection mm-hmm. uh, I, I think they don't go more than like i don't think you can hear it more than like over 20 miles away 
Which oh, is, really? Yeah, nothing compared to what we what we just talked about. Right, yeah. The other one was the entire Pacific Ocean. Uh, just an example of how easily sound travels to underwater. Me and my brother, uh, we were on vacation. I forget. This is a long time ago. We were kids. I'm really good at making, like, fart noises with my hands. You know, I'm try- I'd probably hear. I try not to do it in the mics. So I'd probably blow out the mics. But uh, what I would do is uh, I'd tell him to go. We were on vacation. At this, I forget this hotel in Florida or something like that. And they had this huge outdoor swimming pool and tons of people in it. Tons. And I'd tell him to go on the other side of the pool and I could make the fart noises underwater. And literally, you could hear it. It sounded like it was in your ears, like all the way across the water with all these people in it. So, like, I don't know. Sound can project really easily. Yeah, it can. Through water. So, that's what. If, so, I'm going to try one more time. I'm really bad at explaining this stuff. Yeah. Volume is different than projection. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Volume is the ability to make a loud sound. Mm hmm. Projection is the the force behind it to push it further. Yes, push it out. So think about electricity. That's kind of my easiest way. You can have a hell of a hard amp hit, but without the voltage to push it, it doesn't go very far. So you need to keep you need the power to keep pushing it further and further, but you can still have it really loud right off the rip. I have so the we, power. We look at those little siren birds that are the loudest land animal. You still can't, you can hear them pretty good, but you can't hear them super far away. Gotcha. We look at elephants, and we can hear them hundreds of miles away. Yeah, they can push it. Yeah. Push it real Does that good. make sense to you? Yeah, Because you're kind of my gauge for everybody at home. It makes sense to me. I know it's a really hard concept, a weird concept. It's just... Um, the loudness isn't directly, Yeah. you know... No, I get it. I understand it. So when we start talking about explanations, that matters. <clears throat> so the creature has to be both loud and be able to push the sound along or whatever the thing is. It doesn't have to be a creature. It's, yeah, it's going to have both qualities. Yes. So. Uh, so weird things, though, before we move on to possible explanations. Why did they stop in the 90s? Did you notice all those ones were in the 90s? Yeah, 97, 99. So yeah. First off, 91 is when the public companies got use of these hydrophone arrays. Mm, okay. And then they stopped in 99. Or did they? Oh, I know why. So. Don't you know why? Hmm. Y2K. Oh, yeah, you know, there you go. All the computers and all these uh, microphones reset, and they don't work no more. So <laughs> my my two possibilities were they either were starting to be able to ID these sounds, so they didn't get you know they didn't get the big push of these giant mysterious underwater sounds, like the Corvas, you know, these big fish, these yeah. schools of fish, you know. Yeah. Uh, the first hydrophones literally had to tune out shrimp because the background sound of shrimp, because there's millions and millions and millions of them, yeah. they were drowning out everything else. That's crazy. Uh, so was it that, was it that? And you know, once we hit like 2000, 2001 stuff, we were starting to ID these sounds a little easier. So we're like, okay, you know, they're not as mysterious or not everyone is as mysterious as it was, you know, whatever. It's just a school of krill. Or, and it can be. Yeah. People don't realize that because they're tiny, they don't make any noise. No. When you're, uh, Happy Feet, I'm going to use the movie Happy Feet 2. My <laughs> favorite scene of this movie is at the bottom when the, all these krill are hiding under the ice sheet. And they all literally start dancing on the ice sheet. And there's billions of krill dancing, and they actually crack the ice sheet. Oh, dang. But, and, you know, it's a, it's a cartoonish movie. Do you mean Icequake? Yes, an Icequake. Soft disclosure. Soft disclosure. It is real. But it just shows you, in, in, in effect, that millions and billions of these little creatures... Can create a can, huge yeah. outcome. Mostly ocean is based off of krill. Mm-hmm. When, you really, when you get down to it. Like, the ocean, if krill disappeared tomorrow, we'd all starve to death. 
we'd all die. A humans would. Yeah. Because, you know, 51% of the population of the planet's protein source comes from the ocean. It's good. So what you're saying is all the whales would escape the water and start eating us. Yes. Whales on stilts. Yeah. One of the first books I ever read. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Whales on stilts. Oh, God. A guy was a whale hybrid. And he hated people killing all the whales, so, so he gave him, him stilts and no, he gave him stilts and lasers. Oh my god! And then he gave them the choice, mm. and the whales chose peace. Ah, oh, wow! Free will wins again. Mm-hmm. But they had better lasers. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so is it just because we were able to ID these things a lot easier? I think partially. I can get behind that a little bit. Could be. That we're you know we're you know when we first the public or yeah public companies got these arrays, they're like, okay, these are weird sounds. Maybe the government was already hearing them for the last 20 years, you know, and really maybe already kind of knew what they were. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they weren't as, con- the government was as concerned. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we even know, like, the Great Barrier Reef makes noise. What do you mean, like, it makes noise? Like It has a tone. Just like the Earth kind of has a tone. Oh, Just gotcha. from, like, yeah, okay. the Great Barrier Reef actually has a sound. It resonates at a certain frequency yeah. or sound, yeah. It actually produces a sound. Hmm. Uh, so is it just something like that? Are these, you know, hydrothermal vents? Are these underwater volcanoes? Maybe not actual lava making the sound, but the water moving around them, making every once in a while making these deep gutter, you know. Guttural tones. Yes. Yeah. The other side of it is they start covering them up because they found the real source and they're like, oh, that's bad. Oh, gosh. Well, it's probably an undersea kingdom. Well, yeah, I got that listed. Mm. So let's get into what is Cledence? Cledence? You remember last week? That's the name I gave the bloop? The creature that lives in the bottom of the ocean? Whatever it is? You named it Cledence? Yeah. It's at the end of last week's episode. I kind of remember. It's hard. Yeah. Because you're, you're like, Cledence, that's not even a real name. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now I remember. Cledence Clear Creek Revival. Yes. Yes. <laughs> He's got a band. All of it was wrong. All of it was wrong. No. So let's let's talk about the first one. What is Cledence? Uh, a living reef. And le- reefs are already alive, everybody. Right. I just want to, you know... When I say this, when I say living reef, reefs are made of hundreds of thousands of animals. They're building the, uh, basically the hard structures, exoskeletons and stuff pulled out of the water, and they build these kind of rocky structures around them out of these exoskeletons. What if it's all one? I'm talking about one massive organism. So it's maybe able to, and they are animals. Reefs are animals. People kind of lose that because they look kind of plantish. Right, yeah. They're animal. Mm -hmm. So what if we have a gigantic... One creature, one living reef. And it just happens to be able to make noise, whether it's purposeful or not. It just happens to be every once in a while, or it's a defensive call, or like, say, their polyps are eating it and stuff like that. And it's like, so it, it, Well, no, like, the fish, it's, you know, it's a defense. Oh, so gotcha. if stuff are starting to eat it, like parrotfish and eat reef and stuff like that, yeah. it just goes and pushes everything away from it. Yeah, it kills everything around it. And it... I mean, they'd it have might. to have some kind of thing to keep it healthy. Right. Uh, and maybe it can only do it so often. Like, it's probably like seasonal. Very slow. It takes a lot of energy and stuff yeah. like that. Or it's telling other ones, and we go to the seasonal angle, they kind of they kind of breed like plants, you know, or like jellyfish. They release both, you know, sex cells into the water to meet. Oh, okay. So what if it's kind of a breeding call or mating call or just even simpler, like I'm releasing right. my part of the genetics into the water now. It's ringing the dinner bell. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, maybe but like, not. let's say maybe it's a bad analogy. It's, it's releasing it's it, the sperm and the egg into the water and saying, letting other members of its species know it's time. it's time. Yeah, that's more what I meant. So that is an option. What do you think about the living reef? I mean, reefs are gigantic. Yeah, the Great Barrier Reef. I mean, literally is a quarter of the Australian coast. 
And so, I mean... A giant continent, a giant country. Yeah. Yeah, a giant island that we love a lot, too. A lot. Um, but, I mean, you can't rule that out at all. And maybe not directly reef, but something similar. Maybe like something a, a little more ancient. Reef-type creature, yes. at least. Yeah. Because uh, there's ancient polyps and stuff like that. Uh, ancient jellyfish-like things that weren't jellyfish that still kind of... There was a bunch of things that were reef-like before reefs. Okay. So it could be a holdback. When right. I say living reef, I mean something of that nature. And it's stationary, because it seems to be relatively the same stationary. Area. Yeah. And maybe in the winter, it just goes back to sleep. It could be. It could be. It's, it's stationary. You know, it, it's it's t- off time. Right, yeah. So living reef, yay or nay? Eh, uh, plausible. What what percentage are you giving it? 62. Ooh, I don't know. All right, let's move on to my favorite. Okay. Giant fungus. Oh, okay. So I'm not going to hit this too hard because that's all we did last week was the giant fungus. Yeah. Everything and I mushrooms. mentioned, and I kind of, this. that's why we did these two back to back is because they're connected. Yeah. Uh, there's these giant homunculus fungus. Homunculus fungus. Uh, but no, and that's what they're, they're making sounds. And there's a little evidence to show that maybe some species of fungus can actually create audio waves. But let's say it's one that's, you know, half a billion years old. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you always got to put in the scope of, the perspective of all this stuff. Fungus have been around for all the time. Let's just put it that way. They're older than teeth. They're older than bones. They're older than jaws. Older than trees. They're older than eyes. Older than the uh, Everything's older smokies. than the trees. People, yeah, they're a hell of a lot older than their Smokies. <laughs> they're, so, you know, the, the I wanted to John country, Denver song. Yeah, I wanted to sing Country Roads. They're, uh, they are older than the trees, but they are older than the mountains. And they're older than the breeze. That, Kinda, yeah. Maybe that's when the okay, sky was not, on fire. Maybe not that one. But okay. no. Uh, so what if it's these giant fungal colonies we talked about, and it, it may be similar to the giant living reefs that they are uh, making a noise to let you know. Now we're releasing our spores. Oh, or that could just be the noise it makes when it releases spores. Like yeah, I don't know if whatever hole is opening. Like up literally there. doing like a puffball. Yeah, and squeezing out all these spores into the water. Yeah, maybe it is the sound. That's a great point. Yeah. What if it, another kind of thing, it could be a dinner bell. Yeah. Calling oh, in food. See what I, like literally. I said it by accident mm-hmm. earlier and it, now it fits for this. And we'll talk about what these things may eat because there's a good point on this. This is definitely a 74% possibility. Oh yeah? So he's a little higher? Oh yeah. All right. Here is the next one. Lots of little things like fish, crustaceans, and even tube worms. Ooh, tube worms. So this part of the ocean is very understudied. The Southern Pacific is a hard area to study because there's no land near it. You know, when you're out doing research in this area, you right. have to have everything a you need with base. you. This is probably the least studied part of the any given part of the ocean. You know, the, you know, the deep trenches are hard to study, stuff like that. But in general, even the shallow, quote-unquote, spots of the Southern Pacific, nobody knows. I was going to say, uh, is this close to any of, like, the Mariana Trench or anything like that? Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, they're both in Pacific There's trenches ocean. down there, but yeah. yeah. But it's that one's towards the middle. That's toward, more towards the equator. Okay, I didn't know how. And the Southern Pacific isn't super cold. This is where a lot of whales go to calf and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of big animals in this area, anyways. But it just seems like maybe this is a gigantic colony of some unknown crustacean. Crustaceans make a lot of noise, like I mentioned with yeah. shrimp and stuff like yeah. that. So what if this is like? That's why it's seasonal. It's breeding. It's their migration. It's some fighting. And they're just tiny. And when I say tiny, I don't mean you know. Shrimp size. I mean, they could be quite large, right? But tiny compared to what we 
kind of consider the bloop to be. Like, yeah, that blue whale size, you know, bigger. They, they could be some type of snow crab, and they still get 20 foot tall, but... Or what if there's like an opening in a cavern under there, and this is, you know, seasonally when they all emerge, come Something out like that, sure. To uh, seasonal migration, to spawn, or whatever. Spawn, yeah, to come out and It spawn. could be a whole bunch of little fish that just are really loud. Like I told you, toadfish and the uh, the other guys, the Gulf Carvels, or Carviels, or however you say it. However, yeah. But yeah, so what if it's that kind of stuff? Don't know. Tube worms. Tube worms make noise, and we don't know a lot about them. What what kind of noise are they like? What are they making noise for? Like, what's their noise? It's just a noise. It's like a background noise, like shrimp moving and stuff like that. Okay. Just... So the tube worms are the gigantic nine to ten foot long worms that you yeah. see. Yeah. On the volcanic vents, they make a calcium tube around them. Oh, okay, okay. Yep, I know exactly. They look like flowers. Them. Yep, yep. And that's their feeding appendage. Hmm. So they're just making like just noises. Yeah, but existing. there's billions of them. Oh yeah. That's really what this that part of this you know possible explanation is is that it's not. Because they may be purposely being loud, it's because there's billions of them. So there could be like volcanic vents down there, like what the scientists say, but it's not that making the noise. It could be creatures like that yes. surrounding it mm-hmm. that live in those warm waters. So what do you put like, in that one? Oh, that one's probably 59% on mm. my, on my mm. list. Just, I, you know, I've been crunching the numbers with all these things, you know, give or take here and there, but it's kind of what, what I'm settling on. Math adds up. The math adds up. Follow the money. Giant monsters like Godzilla, aka Kaiju. Now this would just be fun. This would just be fun if this were had, if now, this is true. At this all. is the Southern Pacific near Antarctica, Point Nemo. This is also the spot that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft put Cthulhu, and which is 100% a fake story. But some people think it was soft disclosure and blah 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 and blah blah blah. I mean, why would he pick this area where all these strange noises are coming from? Well, f- why he picked it is because Point Nemo was famous in his day. As being the most desolate place on the planet, mm-hmm. so that's probably why he picked it. In my uh, opinion, okay. is it you know I'm going to pick the po- spot that's the furthest away from everybody. So it's a that it became that. Now it's a coincidence that there's noises coming from there. I, I wouldn't. Even, yeah, it's a coincidence. But you know, if I had to pick some spot on the planet too to put a big creature, yeah, that's where it would be. It has the most room. You know, it's it's gigantic. It has a lot of food too. Away from us. Not even us. It just has a lot of food, a lot of space. Yeah. Well, I think anything big, and let's just say it's even partly intelligent, it would know. Yeah, I'm not going near any of that land stuff. Because right. I will get harpooned by a little ship. Or they they can't stand the pressure. Or even that, Like too, whales, yeah. they collapse under their own weight on, on land. So what if this is like a, a single or a species of gigantic island-sized crustaceans or arthropods? Yeah. Uh, you know, giant millipedes or giant water scorpions. Or giant. You know, from the Permian. Giant dragon, fire-breathing dragons. I mean, it could be. Nuclear breath. Yeah. But what if it's the species of gigantic ancient creatures? You know, and this is just where the remnants of them are. Right, yeah. And this kind of feeds into my Antarctic theory of why everybody avoids Antarctica. Or why we all agree and stuff like that. Because that's where they're living. And these could be civilization enders. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, the yeah. Great Floods reported everywhere. Couldn't could be not from natural sources. Could be from these guys getting angry. Hmm. Is all of is all of Antarctica? I mean, it's it's a land mass, so you can't. Get... There is land under it, but most of Antarctica that you see from the map, yeah. you can get under. Hmm. Okay. I wonder how big the actual land mass is then. I mean, it, I know you don't believe the maps and stuff like that, but you can see it. they have it uh, lidar a lot of the edge, so they kind of flew around a big circle and lidar the edge, so you can see kind of where the water comes up to quote unquote shore. Underneath the ice sheet. But some of it is pretty much on the edge of what you see, and some of it goes like really back. I can't remember the big bay where all the whales go. But there's a... It's, Zumbisi? 
Yeah, Zumbezi Bay. No, but there is a big, there's a humongous bay that uh, gets gigantic ice sheets on it, and a lot of the whales go there for the krill and stuff like that. Because they are hiding underneath it. Yeah, makes sense. That's kind of cool. So, what are you going for, giant kaiju? Oh, ninety-eight percent. A couple individual big things. Yeah, this is more like my wish. I, if I could be anything, I could. If I could pick, and it had to be that, this is what I would want it to actually be. And I would put them as ancient arthropods. And arthropods. Those yeah. are like the bugs, like like uh, With sea like, scorpions, yeah, lobsters. Right? Yeah, they were the first big, big creatures on the planet. So they had right a long time to get big. Wasn't there like a lot of oxygen or something in the? Or is that what it was? That's like, the theory. I don't yeah. subscribe to it. I don't know. I just knew they were bigger, or mm-hmm. supposedly bigger. What we were taught they were bigger. I mean, I've seen the fossils. Right. Yeah. Uh, millipedes got really big. Now this you could is, ride a millipede. Are arthropods like? As close to bugs as we have on land in the sea, like is that is about the close? arthropods are the whole group. Does that include bugs? Yeah, and crustaceans. So I am eating bugs already. Yeah, <laughs> but they're water. I think it's different. No, it's not. Yeah, they're in a what the, realm. you know that what the crustaceans eat in the ocean is worse than what our bugs eat on land. Yeah, but they're not bugs. They are bugs, but they're in the water. So I think it it, it doesn't. You know, it funny falls. thing is, it used to be a war crime. To feed criminal or prisoners lobster. I know, ain't that crazy? I don't like lobster. I think it's overrated. I think it's chewy, and I don't like it. You ever have the claw meat? Yeah, don't like it. Really? Now I crayfish, s- I like a lot, but I think yeah. it's because they're smaller, so you can get them soft. Anyways, yeah, big monsters. Okay. I got some different woo ones for you. So I, I've been pretty biologically sound so far. I'd right, say. Yeah, yeah. Except till the kaiju. That was I the, think it, they're still biologically sound. Well, I'm, I, I know. I'm saying that's the first step into the woo. Now let's get to really woo. Yeah. That these sounds are actually interdimensional doors opening and closing. Yes. Smaller ones we think we have on the surface of the earth are often associated with loud bangs, shots, or metal slamming. So what if the big ones, maybe natural, maybe not natural, in the in this part of the ocean, are giant... Letting whole, you know, vast ships and whatever in out. What if this is the sound of them opening and closing? I get, yeah. I mean, why not? Why can't you accept that as being a possibility? I, I think it's fair. Uh, we just had a listener so on Instagram say that they had a uh, like metal clanging in the woods with them, and oh. that they've never had any other paranormal experience in their life and stuff like that. Oh no! Oh no! I'd be running. But he couldn't find it. He was with his dog, and he looked for it. And, you know, I get that. You know, it's very, it's a very normal sound until it's not. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, when it shouldn't be there. The only closest example I can uh, give to that is when, uh, well, we live in a very rural area. And all the time you hear gunshots going off. Shoot, I work literally next to a gun club. Yeah. Or, uh, with a shooting range. You hear gunshots all the time. Well, when I lived in Columbus, Ohio, I moved there. It was like a couple months in, first time living there. Just about to go to bed. I'm laying there, and I'm living in the middle of Columbus, the city. And I just hear two gunshots going off. And I'm like, you know, no big deal. Hear gunshots all the time. Rural mind. And then I realized, wait a minute. I'm in the middle of the city. That sounded like it was a block away. Then it's automatic. Then it's scary. scary. And it's like, this ain't right. No. So this interdimensional door angle, I just don't know where else to go with it besides, yeah, it's it's reported. It, the people that see the doors or these portals or these gateways open yeah. and close, you know, Joel and stuff like that. Yeah. 
uh, they reported metal or metal-like metallic sounds. Yeah. So what if these are really big ones? And it may even be natural. I kind of feel like the Earth's electromagnetic field opens and closes these things naturally sometimes. I could see that. And then the government found the weaker spots and started screwing with them. Naturally or seasonally? And I, it could be very... It, I ah. think if it's natural... It's, it could fall into seasonal stuff. Yeah, because no, the way that water salinity changing and stuff like that. I think there's a lot of chemistry or microchemistry happening to make these things happen. Metaphysical the, chemistry. Metaphysical chemistry. Yeah, is happening that we don't even maybe not personally realize, and that could be why they you know they pick up in frequency other natural, parts of the year. Natural byproduct of the Earth's natural tendencies. Yes. Hmm. No, I could see this because I'm telling you that upsweep sound sounded like freaking. If you can imagine what, like, peering into the gates of hell from the outside looking in would sound like, that's what it would sound like to me. It, it, remember in uh, uh, the cartoon or the Disney movie version of Hercules? Yeah. When they're at, in the River of the Dead or whatever, mm-hmm. like the under, I forget what it's, the actual name is called. But, like, that's what it, that's the visual I was getting. Like, that pit of those souls, like, going down and that, that's what I was visualizing when I heard that sound. Ugh. Yeah. Ready for another one? Sure. How ready? Um, let me get my hold on calculator out. Boop, 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 boop. Oh yeah, you didn't give a dimensional. I'm 32. Number. Oh, 100 percent. That one's a full 100 percent. Okay, I think we're gonna come out to about 1250. 100 percent probability of being true. What? <laughs> I know. Oh, inversely proportional. 100% of the time, 85% of the stuff I say is, is 98% accurate. Is it only if you inversely proportional to the product of its own mass? <laughs> okay. And the distance between that so possibility what, what, and the next. What was the number you said for interna- interdimensional doors? 100. Okay. Something to do with hollow earth. So that's my next thing. Okay. I don't really know what. I tried. I'm like, I don't know if it's like maybe these giant tunnels are making these whistles. Literally, one of them is called the whistle. Actually, I was going to say this earlier when I was saying like the currents and stuff underwater. I was wondering if there was like a deep open cavern and there. And I could see that like actually making a whistle yeah, or the, a noise. The and water like shoots over Seasonal a current way. changes yeah. could affect why some of these are seasonal. Mm-hmm. They could actually kind of be making like a gigantic French horn. Yeah, basically. It just like vib- or vibrates or resonates like you've blown over mm-hmm. a top of a bottle or exactly. something just right. Yeah, and it's doing with these giant caverns underwater. Yeah, and this just happens. This part of it is underwater. Mm-hmm. And that's that was that was kind of what I was thinking earlier. Like it could be something like that. And if Hollow Earth is real, which I think we both entertain Somewhat. the idea I, of Hollow I, Earth. I, yeah. Whether whether the explanation behind it is whatever, but yeah, there's openings beneath us. There, that's definitely a fact. I believe in that. I believe a lot of our weird biological cryptids come from the giant underground caverns. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we found the underground cities. The Simpsons did a disclosure on it. I just, you know, where's Homer? Underground went? cities, you say? Like Darren Kuyu hmm. in Turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Homer just did it on The Simpsons. Not just, but on an episode of The Simpsons, he jumps off a building. And then, like, Otto, the bus driver, is, like, happens to be bungee jumping right beside him. And Homer realizes he doesn't want to die. So he grabs on the Otto. And he's like, no, you're too heavy. You're going to kill us. They're going to splat in the ground. And just before they hit the ground, someone opens up a manhole cover, and they just go into, like, the manhole. So they keep going. But so they go into, like, inner earth, and they just drop. And there's, like, oh, like, there's the mole people. There's this city and stuff like that. It's pretty funny. Inside Jobs has that, all the layers. Yeah, that's, that's what this is. like, no, 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 mole people, talking dinosaurs. Okay, giant mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Like okay. an elevator. <laughs> uh, 
But you said ancient civilizations, kind of. Yeah, like almost. So um, let's say, oh, b- before I move on, mm-hmm. give me a percentage on Hollow Earth. The Hollow Earth trumpet. Oh, okay. Um, 80, <laughs> 87%. Ooh, definitely. 87. I had to do the math real quick. A- what about ancient civilizations slash alien bases? So this one, um, another Disney movie, Atlantis. Yeah, that's why I put it there. Yeah, like under, I think I do believe like underwater would be the best place to set up anything, whether you're an alien or ancient civilization, or just even Joel the Nephilim. The Nephilim, yeah, they could have an underwater base (coughs) because guess who ain't gonna find it? You and me, because we don't have the ability to get there and see it. Gavin's beaked whale would be the only one to find it. (gasps) Man, I have something in my throat right now. Yeah, it's like uh, a dry piece of good grass. entertainment. Or <coughs> I'm dying. Um, Shut up. I think we're onto something. They're shooting beams at me and st- uh, stopping my my voice. That's my how thoughts. my uncle's kid died. My dad's uncle worked for Area 51. Oh gosh. <coughs> oh gosh. Okay. So um, so ancient civilizations, bottom of the ocean, or aliens? Let's do ancient civilizations first. Yeah, because I think uh, I think this this could exist. There's some weird videos out there, whether they're true or not, where you see like humanoid type creatures, but it doesn't have to be humans like having civilizations down there. It could be like an underwater intelligent being, like mermaids, you know, or first, mushrooms, or mushrooms. But I'm I'm more like that. Uh, what was the the movie where the aliens were living at the bottom of the ocean and they're gonna wipe us all out with a tsunami? But right at the end, the main actor typed up a message said, "I love you" to his ex wife. I don't know. Oh, gosh. You should look that up real quick. Okay. Living Water. I'll tell this story real quick. So literally, like, they're in this deep oil rig thing, and this, like, snake of water comes in and starts looking at them. Like, it's made of 100% of water. Like, they can touch it and stuff. And it's basically aliens. Is it a new movie? No, no, like oh. 90s or 80s. Anyways, so these aliens are like this, living in the bottom of the ocean, and they're jellyfish angels. Literally, they're like halfway kind of between, like, what we kind of picture as a modern angel Made of jelly. Okay. Uh, oh, is it the abyss? Yes, it's the abyss. Okay. So they, they make these giant... They're about to wipe out mankind. And they've been giving mankind signals and signals and signals. Hey, you guys got to fix the planet. Hey, you got to fix the planet. We're sharing this planet with you. And we're about done with it. Mm-hmm. So finally, they're done. So literally, they make the, they start making these... They control water. They make these giant tsunamis and get them right up to the edge of the beaches. And they start projecting images on them. Of every horrid, nasty thing mankind has ever done. Okay. Pollution, war, death, starvation. And they they this guy was trying to get make contact with him and he's in this hydrothermal like suit and stuff. And he jumps down in the abyss and he's basically gonna die. And he knows he's gonna die. So right before he, you know, passes out, yeah, his ex wife was on the ship and he texts, I love you, I'm sorry, you know, all that stuff. Finally apologizes. And they pull him in and they show him what they're doing. And then he's like, well, why, you know, he's like, why are you not showing me this? Like, just, you know, you're going to kill us. Why you, why'd you save me? And then they kind of look at him and then they put on the screen and this is all over the world. Just his message saying, I love you. And then they put it back and that was kind of their warning, their last final warning. Mm-hmm. I know it was a good movie, but it made me think of this part. It's thought provoking. But and some people think they're aliens. I kind of got the impression in the movie they've always been here. Yeah. And maybe that's what it is, is it's another sentient species that just happens to be at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. I think life is super old at the bottom of the ocean. Right, exactly. And we don't know what's down there. We just don't. And you got to think of how hard it is for us to go down there. They would experience the same 
pressures and problems to come up here. here. So that, it could be a natural barrier. Mm. It's like a different... I mean, the, under the ocean is a different realm. It really the is. The bottom... Some of these deepest spots have 60 tons of pressure per square inch. That's insane. Which some animals, like... Uh, sperm whales can't dive that deep, but calvers, calvers, beak whales and stuff like that, they have to have hydraulic oils in their skins, plus collapsible ribs, plus collapsible lungs, to even go down there for minutes. It's crazy. So... If a creature's you know evolved for down there and tries to come up, it's very difficult. And, you know they get the same problems. They basically explode. You, you ever the, seen Star Wars Episode One? Mm, where they go in the core of the planet. They go to that underwater civilization, right? Mm-hmm. And then, but then remember when they're flying or flying away underwater, mm-hmm. and that big fish is chasing them. And there's always a bigger fish. Yeah. Uh, so that's Kaloki crawl crawl. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get made fun of a Kaloki clawfish. And then I can't remember what the big one was called. From Star Wars? Yeah. Why do you know this? I have the great big book of Star Wars creatures upstairs. Oh, of course you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's what do you think about this alien slash ancient civilization? Oh, I mean, I just, I will not rule it out. Like all these, yeah, I know I'm giving them percentage, like all these. I think all these are possible. That's, yeah, I uh, fair. I think they're all possible. I don't think they're all, happens to be all of these things happening. But I think they're all a possibility. Like it could I got be one more for you after you're done. Okay, I'm pretty. Much, I mean, I don't got much more to add to that. I mean, just what if? And this is a crazy one. This is probably the craziest one I got. I know what you're gonna say. Can I? Can I spoil it? Yeah. Ice quakes. No. Oh dang it! I thought I had you. No way to take the thunder though. I was really looking forward to me and you actually mentally connecting for once, <laughs> and it didn't happen. No. What if the Earth is alive itself? Mm-hmm. What if the Earth is actually one living being, and this happens to be the kind of mouth-ish area or the vocal area, and this is it or talking. The, or the butt. Well, it could be that too. <laughs> but no, this is where it's talking. Yeah. This is where literally, and this is kind of a hard concept for a lot of people, but I've, I don't know, because Earth's ancient. I think so, the Earth can be alive. I mean, it is alive in so a I, sense. I think stars are alive. Yeah. I get, you know, I get looks for that, but... Because they kind of fit a life cycle. You know, they, they live, they die, they grow, they feed, mm-hmm. uh, they they reproduce. Yeah. That's kind of the things to be alive. And they're Yeah, they they are died and they can be kind of like reborn even, mm-hmm. like they rejuvenate so themselves. So what if this is the earth itself talking? Could be. And it's in its vo- quote unquote voice. Something. Like, yeah, sim- something. Speech. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I'll add this to the list. Could be possible. So it's out of all those options. I know we've gone well over an hour on this one, mm-hmm. but this is a really good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so, too. What if you had to pick one? Who is it? Ooh. Um, I almost think after hearing the sounds, it's one of those open. Okay. So we, out of these sounds, the Julia one is the one I like the best. I think that's a creature. I think it's a large creature. Whether the creature's Earth I, I guess it could be that one. I, I can't rule it out, but I do think it's something, a creature living that's making this one sound. And I think it's one big creature, not like the school of fish or something. But it could be, but I think it's one giant one. But if it's the upsweep one, I think it's that open portal thing. I do. That's which is scary to think about, but I, that's my where I'm falling on that one. Hmm. I, I kind of, I think I'm kind of with you. It's hard. I don't know if they're all different. I kind of think that they all have to be the same thing because the area they're in. Mm-hmm. Like, if they were all over the planet, that'd be one thing. Mm-hmm. 
but they all are in the Southern Pacific Ocean. Right. Yeah. So that for them to be different things at that point to me, unless it's a big guard dog, like literally Atlantis. Yeah. Has a big, you know, some kind of guard dog versus, you know, for the portals. I don't know. I'm going a gigantic singular organism, but not, and probably not animate in what we would call animate. So more the reef type. The reef or the fungus. Yeah. Where it's a super colossal mega organism, mm-hmm. but, and it does probably have some kind of form of long distance communication with other members of its kind, but it's very ish stationary. Uh, maybe more like a giant starfish. Yeah, I was just going to say And that. they can crawl very, very, very slowly. Giant tube feet. Yeah, but maybe these little parts of them can move very animately. Uh, I kind of think back to the stories of Kraken and stuff like that, not seeing it. Like, they painted it as a giant squid later. Right. But they said sometimes these tentacles are two miles long. So what if it's they get too close to the back of one of these things and it's a feeding tentacle? It just reaches up and grabs. And speaking of feeding, a lot of people say, well, how is there enough food for these guys? It's the ocean. Literally, not even that sediment oh yeah the sediment at the bottom of the ocean has had every living thing from the crust for billions of years die and it's full Fall. of it's full of nutrients falls right to the bottom of the ocean so if these are giant partially you know filter sifters mm-hmm. sand self sifters and filter feeders there's plenty of food it's and they're super old it's so never. it's is it a giant reef starfish fungus sure it could be the earth eating yeah it could be yeah i kind of lead towards more of like an island-sized creature and like Australia island sized or no, like Madagascar. Okay. You know, Ohio. Gigantic still. Yeah. But yeah. not Australia, not a continent. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to say Australia, Australia, uh, but it's going to eat them first. Oh yeah. Cause South America, the side of the tit has a bunch of mountains. So it's going to push it off for a little bit. Yeah. I wonder what, what it's, uh, if, if it is that, what it's temperament is like. And is it in a dormant period? Is this is this creature literally? In my opinion, is this creature literally the mass extinction event? Because we wakes up. yeah, like we do, we've had several. We've had seven mass extinctions, main seven main mass extinctions. So is this thing whenever their species wakes up and feeds on the surface and then goes back to sleep for you know a couple million years till you know the surface repopulates? Right, literally like Godzilla type thing. Even bigger at this point. Uh, you, right, yeah. I this know. would be like a wall of starfish that would move across. I just mean something like big. I mean, imagine like if a starfish, like a gigantic, you know, Madagascar-sized starfish, moved across the continent and was eating everything organic. Oh yeah, just scooting across the whole Mm -hmm. the surface, wiping out cities, leveling mountains. Mm -hmm. That would definitely be a mass extinction. And is that why we're we don't want to wake it up? Is that why we've abandoned? Like, is that why we all agreed to leave Antarctica alone? That happens to be where they're sleeping. You know that what that just reminded me of too? Mm. That movie Evolution. At the very yep. end, they have the primitive creature got really big. Yeah, yeah they they napalmed it and it like multiplied no. and. Oh yeah, they did napalm it. Yes, and it multiplied and, and grew the, like super fast because yeah, it responded to heat and then they used selenium to kill it. Yeah, right in its mouth. Mm-hmm. I think it was its mouth. It wasn't its mouth. It wasn't its mouth. Oh, I thought that was its mouth. Nope. They even oh. make the they even make the joke. It's been a while since I've watched it. I always mm-hmm. thought it was its mouth. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Interesting. That was why they were. That was the whole joke. Well, now, now it's soft disclosure. Now we know if any of these things, but yeah, so we not to kill it. It's something like that. Hmm. I kind of lean towards that. Whether it's my fungus or not, you know, is one thing. But I definitely think it's a colossal organism. Yeah, that's maybe not a conventional organism when we think about it. Hmm. You know, literally, maybe the Great Barrier Reef is one. Don't napalm it. I'm, 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 maybe the Great Barrier Reef is just our shallow water version, version like, of it. Yeah. It's just that's where it's sleeping. Right. Yeah. It's laid down. And there's the moving like islands. 
Or if that's just like the exoskeleton of the old one or something. Uh, like a dead one. Yeah. And they're building off the body of a dead one. Right, yeah. Like we did off the bodies of the giants from there old you go. times. Yeah. I have been. Amir. I have been the great and powerful mystery. And I'm Jay's clone, Jay number 6.9. <laughs> and you listen to Curds of Corn podcast. Let us know what you think the gloop is. Julia, hey Julia. Yeah, like comment. Let us know. Let Just us tell know. us what you think the bloop is. Yep. All right, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five star review, and remember, there is always extra content on Patreon slash Crips of the Corn dot com. And don't forget, stay magical. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.